Hi, welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions. This is episode 124. And today we're going to talk about how to get into shamanic shape. <laughs> uh, what does it take to do this work on a regular basis? What might not you be thinking of and what could support this path uh, the most? And so I'm here with Michelle Hawk, and who's also very shamanically in shape usually. And uh, let's talk about what does this even mean? What are we even talking about here? Great. Um, that's a great question. What are we talking about? And um, Kat, why are we recording this episode? We're recording this episode because I've been doing so much work online. So there's just a, like a lot of, sorry, my Bluetooth is going on and off. There's a lot of, I do a lot of mentorship and teaching work now. And I do a lot of online work. So I haven't been doing as many in-person sessions. I used to do only in-person sessions. And then uh, those have lessened over the years. And especially with COVID and moving to Santa Fe, where I don't know as many people, uh, sometimes I'll have retreats and have people come. But I hadn't done a session in a while. And this particular session it was, I needed to do a lot of drumming, like really, really strong drumming and for a long period of time. And also I do a lot of very hands-on work. So this was probably a three-hour session and uh, I do a lot of deep hands-on work, touching the body, moving energy physically, uh, uh, needing to do percussive uh, movements as I'm doing extraction work and um, did a lot of clearing work of the spine. And so working with the bones, working with the sacrum and the bones and the muscles having to work in, in, the, uh, in the skeletal system. So there's a lot of shamanic work and spirit work and energy work and then physical work, physical movement, breath, sound. So I do a lot of singing. So there's a lot of uh, singing happening. And then there is channeling and working with the spirit. So there's a lot of things happening. It's like every level of your being is engaged and working in these kinds of sessions. And I just think it's important when it, afterwards I was like, oh, oh gosh, you know, I was feeling my back muscles because I was drumming so hard. And it's like, oh, I have not been drumming like that for that extended period of time and really doing a lot of deep hands-on work for a minute. And mm -hmm. I definitely could feel it in my body and feel the fact that I hadn't been doing my push-ups as much as I could have been and uh, haven't been working out as much. Mm -hmm. And then she texted me and said, I'm not in shamanic shape. And I laughed. And that's why we're recording this episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think Kat, you gave a really beautiful overview of like, well, what does that mean? Right. And so in shamanic shape, we're talking about, <clears throat> um, you know, the different layers of 
capacity to hold and move energy, right? And so shamanic shape does mean on one hand, it means like, what is your, what is your energetic endurance? What is your capacity to channel spirits and to invoke and to hold spirit energy in your body and in your etheric field for extended periods of time and to be collaborating with the spirits and in working in session and or ceremony right and let's remember if you're doing ceremony that's a marathon like that's a durate like a several hours slash like day long or an overnight duration of holding and channeling and moving and sometimes dancing and having incorporation mediumship work that can take a tremendous toll on the body and on your energy so it really helps and i have found you know i i work out i lift weights i'm hiking all day all the time with my dog and dancing every week and i have found that the better physical shape I am in, meaning like the more endurance and must like muscle and airway capacity, like lung capacity I have, the more energy I can hold in my body. Meaning like I can channel like a lot of oomph in healing sessions. I can invoke more powerful, more interesting spirit energy and hold it in a way that is going to burn me out less and and be more sustainable for me so you know for me like you know when i'm in the gym gym lifting weights and out hiking with my dog all the time like it's just as much for like the appreciation and enjoyment of like feeling physically strong as it is like energetic capacity so yeah so let's talk about like well what are some of the most useful exercises to get in shamanic shape right so kat you mentioned the drumming and like back and upper body right like i would agree i would say when i am when I'm doing a lot of channeling, like incorporation mediumship work, I tend to feel a lot of it in the core and the back, right? Because it's your spine moving around and it's, um, it's working with like, what is your stability, right? Like what is your, your like core architecture, right? So having, having your core be really supported, having your back be really stable and being able to move like a lot of flexibility is really helpful to be able to move your body and and the more flexibility you have in in the body and the more like ease and flow you have in your joints the more energy you can move through the body as well right and Kat, i know you can talk about that right like how does energy move in the body right? right you you need in order to have a strong energetic capacity you need flexibility and strength you need the flexibility of the joints and the openness, the elongation of the muscles. So um, to be able to release and elongate the muscle fibers and to open the body as much as possible, especially if you're engaging in any kind of incorporated mediumship, meaning bringing spirits into your body and your work, uh, it requires space. And a lot of people just don't have enough space. And so then when this starts to happen, it's very uncomfortable for their system. And what I found in that is that spinal movement, spinal uh, flexibility, that is key and important for being able to do this kind of work. And um, you also need strength. So there's a certain amount of electrical charge that moves through the body and a muscle that is very weak doesn't conduct that electrical charge in the same way. It's not capable of doing that electrical charge transference that's moving throughout the whole body. 
And then the same for the bones when you're doing uh, weight bearing exercises and you are doing standing posture poses, such as holding post in Qigong, you are stacking the bones and doing weight bearing and you're helping the, um, what they call the piezoelectric effect to move through the body, which is allowing the electrical forces to move through your body. And that's what working with energy or chi is all about your capacity to, to move electricity through your body. Mm -hmm. I will say also like the greater body awareness you have, the more like able to tune in on the subtle level in, in your energy you will be right. So I know in there are, I will say there are a lot of athletes who may be really strong, but may not actually have a lot of very fine specific muscle awareness, like the ability, you know, and sometimes they go hand in hand, sometimes not. Right. But think for example, about like a dancer, right? Like a dancer must necessarily have a lot of very acute body awareness and fine muscle control. Right. And so the ability to be able to say like, okay, can I actually wiggle my third toe? Right. Can I channel energy through my body in this particular way to like hold this particular current and activate this particular muscle group and like, and to be also sustainable in our posture, right? Like it's, it is helpful to know how to, how to have proper posture, you know, especially if you have a person there, a client there in person on the healing table and you're like over them, leaning over them, how can you like use your lats and use your back muscles in a way that you're not going to hurt yourself from doing an, an extended amount of work, right. And activate the glutes and active, like you bend your knees and use your legs. Right. So like there is a lot to be said for just proper posture and then the ability to like regulate through the body as being really important. So again, if you're drumming, for example, you're not just using your arms to bang the drum because you're going to tire yourself out a lot more quickly. You're engaging with your core, you're engaging with your back muscles, you're using the big muscle groups. So you have more stamina and stability and endurance. And then also it's, you're holding more energy in the body because you're using the big muscle groups and you're using the, the collective of your body. Right. And like, we've talked about this also, and actually, I don't know if we have talked about this, right. Of like the blacksmith shamans, right. Like my, my lineage, my shamanic lineage. And, um, and we have a dear, dear person in cat's life, who's a blacksmith. Right. And he talks about like, yeah, you can't just be smacking the iron cause you're going to hurt yourself. Right. You need to like work with the iron and channel with the breath and work with the elemental forces. It's, it's all a dance. And that's part of being in shamanic shape is also the ability to dance and collaborate with the energy where it's not just you efforting your way through it and muscling your way through it. Muscle helps and you need it, but it's not only, that's not the only way you're moving energy. Mm -hmm. And it's, this is practice. It's, it's stamina, it's consistency. It's, you know, looking at, um, one of my, my teachers here running ceremony and to see him run ceremony, you know, for several days in a row. And it's just hours and hours and hours of singing from the depths of his body and soul and playing instruments and 
doing healing work on every single person that's there and uh, just being unrelenting in a lot of ways and showing up. And that is not something that just happens overnight. That's something that I know for 30 years he's been training and, and doing things like sweat lodge and, and vision quests and being in extreme weather and situations and putting his body into experiences where it's learning how to be uncomfortable. It's learning how to, uh, interact with the elements and to be in communication with nature in a way that is, is sustaining, uh, in, in ways that a lot of people wouldn't even consider that a human sometimes could even survive in a situation, but there's a lot of people in these mm -hmm. lineages and traditions in work that we don't even know about, uh, that are capable, the capabilities of the human body are incredible and beyond what we would even consider possible in a lot of cases. But it's because of the consistent training and uh, and also having this awareness of that possibility, having the awareness that you are more capable and more um, able to cultivate energy from the earth, from your environment, to sustain yourself and yeah. to stand in something challenging. And that awareness, I think, seeps into every area of your life once you tap into it. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about like, essentially you're talking about resilience training mm -hmm. right? and the ability to, to be present with uncomfortable or, or even just high sensation energies in the body. Right. So like there are some, let's remember, um, and, and again, I'm talking about incorporation of mediumship here. Like if you're working with some spirits, you're working with elemental frequencies, like in, there are going to be some energies and some spirits that translate more comfortably and more easily into a human body frequency. And there are going to be some that are a lot less comfortable or, or you know, might not translate if you're working with elementals or you're working with, um, you know, with other like non-human type of spirits. And you might like feel like your skin is burning. You're like breaking into sweat. You might like get freezing cold. You might start like shaking what feels like uncontrollably. Your body might feel very heavy, right? Like there are all sorts of different sensations that might feel if you're not used to it or you're not like having capacity and having an, an active, healthy working relationship with your body and your, and your ability to move energy in the body in potentially uncomfortable ways, it might feel really scary or it might be like, oh gosh, I need to shut this down or step out. But if you're able to hold that and be present with that and recognize like, okay, I'm still safe in this and I am resourced and, you know, I, I, you know, have all my minerals, right? Like nutrition is part of this too, of like how to get in shamanic shape is like feed yourself well, you know? So make sure that your mineral balance is really good and you have enough protein and like you've been eating whole carbs. So like you have energy to fire all your muscles on, right? Like that's part of it too. And, and the ability to resource yourself well and to rest well, like that's also part of being in shamanic shape. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and honestly, a lot of people are trying to starve themselves through, you know, a, even through, through a spiritual lens of that somehow that that's more spiritual to be re- reducing caloric intake to the point where, um, this work is not going to be sustainable. And I often say that there is very much a difference between a yogic path and a shamanic path. Sometimes they can overlap each other with people, but there is this path of, I am going to go in and I'm going to the cave and I'm going to fast and reduce uh, reduce my caloric intake and I'm going to sit in meditation and be still. And then there is the shamanic path, which has a lot more community involvement, uh, working with people at this hands-on level, working with spirits and entities through incorporation and uh, doing this kind of work tends to consume more energy. I was just uh, this morning, even I was, I've, I follow a friend of mine, Grayson Estrada Gray. He is a Chinese medicine specialist and like functional medicine. And he's super wise about lots of things. And this morning he was talking about electrolytes and about how that your body needs these electrolytes, which are minerals. And that if you don't, then you're not firing the electrical through your system. Like it just can't move. The energy can't move through you. And a lot of times people are looking to, I mean, it's very common to go on uh, dietas and dietas are very helpful for people. It's really helpful to cleanse and purify and to Uh, specifically connect to certain spirits of plants that you're working with, especially Uh, it's helpful to do dietas and to restrict your diet, to be able to focus on communication, especially with one particular plant or a group of plants that you're working with. But for a lot of people, the lack of minerals, especially because of soil depletion and we're not getting enough essential minerals in our body, you just oftentimes don't have enough minerals and you're burning them out with channeling and mediumship and energy work and then not replenishing them enough. And so things like even just coconut water, juices, getting uh, Sheila G is really good. I love that. Cause it's like an earth it's made out of soil. So it's a earth from the Himalayan mountains. They have some from Russia and, uh, there's another spot where it comes from, but it is all about replenishing those vital nutrients that we're not getting in our food anymore. Mm-hmm. And on the physiological level, like if you don't have minerals, like the appropriate mineral balance in your body, your muscles don't fire just so, and your blood, like you're not translating, you're not firing energy through the muscles. You're not conveying signals through the nervous system. Like it actually impacts brain function and cognitive function and like all sorts of just general human things. Right. So magnesium is a really big one. Like appropriate level of salts in the body is a really big one. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. Potassium, iron, again, like is your blood actually strong <laughs> enough to, to hold oxygen? Can you carry oxygen in your blood, right? So, um, so generally people have what I would consider like, you know, you, everyone has like their, their big growth edge on shamanic shape. And for me, I know mine is my lungs. My lungs have always been my quote, like weak spot in, in my health. As a kid, I had asthma. I used to get pneumonia every year. And so for me, it's really important for my shamanic shape to do singing practice and to do, um, to do lung practices and Qigong and to like have a lot of air, so because then when I'm in healing work and I'm singing and I'm channeling songs and I'm doing, um, you know, doing really big physical practices, I have the lung capacity to support and sustain that type of energy. So for me, it's, it's like easy to go to the gym and like work out my muscles and like, that's not really a problem, but the lung piece is my, my big growth curve. So identify for you. And it's probably, you probably already know what it is. Identify for you, like what is perhaps an area in in your physical and energetic anatomy that needs a little extra support and devote to that, do practices for that to strengthen and have more energetic capacity in that. And then looking at in Taoism, we say, well, the lungs are the seed of grief in the body and looking at, well, I do a lot of grief work with people. So it's really important to sustain and fulfill and like have this really powerful lung energy because I'm moving and channeling a lot of grief for, for my clients and helping them channel this grief. So looking at like the correspondences that way can be really helpful too. And then supporting your organ systems according to like the kind of energy work you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really getting completely nerd on that. I nerd out on that for a while. <laughs> right. Like a whole other episode, right? <laughs> Energetic anatomy of healing. Yeah. Um, and so looking at like, you know, bottom line, um, I would say my my physical practice for um I didn't design it for this way, but it ends up working out that way is like I have some practice for muscle and bone density building, which is like going to the gym and lifting weights. I have practice for cardio strength and like general like looseness and flexibility, which is a lot of walking my dog and like being generally mobile. I have a practice for like moving other types of ways in my body, which is I go to dance really regularly where you're doing non-linear, like different rhythmic movements. And also it's a lot of like last the other day at dance, I was jumping up and down for a very long period of time. So it's a lot of aerobic activity and, um, and then having like nutrition and, and mineral intake and nutrient intake to support you and getting a lot of rest, um, and, and then auditing for whatever specifically you need in your body. And, and, you know, awareness also of like everybody's body is in, in a different condition and a different shape. And so what shamanic shape looks like for you is probably going to be really different than it is for me or for Kat. So looking and, and your practice, like your practice yeah. can be really different. Like I have met people who they do their work, like they don't even move. Like they just sit there and they're, you know, do their journeying and, and all this stuff. Like that's just not the way, that's not the way that I work. And I've always had a more embodied kind of physically active, intense sort of, of work that moves through me. So mm -hmm that is part, I mean, it's probably one of the things that keeps me in shape in general. <laughs> I'm doing shamanic work. Yeah. <laughs> That's my exercise. 
Yeah, the um, shamanic workout video series featuring. <laughs> that's why. That's why I should videos. Now drum two, three, four. <laughs> oh my god, we would go so viral. Right. <laughs> Wear your leg warmers and and your feathers and stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyway, in all seriousness, your your shamanic shape is going to be different right and it's you know looking at I will say pretty much universally for everybody though like look at the mineral intake like that's yeah. across the board yeah no like I and I know for me like I have a tendency to under eat to uh focus on snacks <laughs> and to forget to feed myself and so juices and smoothies and uh, making sure that I have a lot of vegetables in the fridge at all times and that I'm getting some meat. I need a little bit of meat in my diet. So those are, those are the ways that I really support that. And I, and I do take a lot of supplements. I do a lot of powders. I'm a big, like there's a lot of powders on my counter going into smoothies and teas and um, pretty much all day long, I'm consuming different kinds of, of, of powdery deliciousness, um, <laughs> in terms of supplements. Um, but I will say that, uh, so I just have been teaching a psychic protection course and, um, you can access that if you want on my site, katherinebird.com. It's a, one of my low low offers, but it's, uh, has a ton of great content in it. And when I was mapping out, okay, what is psychic protection and where do we begin and how do we, how do we create psychic protection, spiritual safety boundaries? And the longest section, the section that had to come first was on the physical body because most people think, oh, I need to protect myself from energy or spirits or emotions. I'm feeling too much. I'm taking on too much. I'm experiencing too much, whatever someone, I feel like someone's attacking me, like all of these experiences that people have too sensitive to this or that. Uh, and so they want to go straight toward a spiritual or energetic solution. But if your physical body isn't capable of holding up the energy of moving the energy, your energetic solution is not going to be as capable. Like you mm -hmm. can't just imagine a bubble and a bubble save your life. Like you need to be fortifying the physical body, nurturing the physical body, becoming more embodied and present inside of your body, taking up the space of your physical body, and then doing the physical practices alongside the energy practices. So you're, you're marrying and mirroring the physical and the energetic at the same time. And that is what is helping to create the capacity and the energy body that is going to give you the boundaries that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Great. Boom. Boom. <laughs> Well said. And I, I do want to emphasize again, like this is going to be different for everybody, right? So we know, and you know, both Catherine and I know plenty of shamanic practitioners who, um, you know, of all, all over the age spectrum, right? And all over the physical condition spectrum, right? Like no matter what shape you're in. And, um, you know, and, and we also know in, in the history of shamanic practice, right? Like, you know, in depending on the rites of passage and the initiations or perhaps even near-death experiences or like horrible accidents that some of the shamans used to go through, like they might not have had all their limbs or have been, in, you know, able to dance in 
in the way that, you know, Catherine and I are, right? And so when we're saying this, it's like, you know, please evaluate for yourself of like, what is your version of strong? What is your version of being in shamanic shape? What is your version of being able to hold energy in the body and have the body awareness and have the connection and the energetic resilience and the fortification in a way that is really strong for you. And you are the only person who really knows what that is. And if you want help with that, I really do recommend um, it. Like if you want support specifically on the physical nutritional level, working with either a body worker or perhaps a, a trainer, like, a you know, there, there aren't really any shamanically informed personal trainers out there, but there are absolutely like movement specialists, like functional movement specialists, et cetera, who, if that's something that you want support with, you can seek out a professional to come get help you have exercises that, that are going to fit your body and the needs of your body and working with a nutritionist, et cetera. So, you know, please know that again, like I'm, I'm fully recognizing our, our privilege here, our, our very able-bodied, like, you know, fit privilege in yeah. that. And, and again, like your version of shamanic shape is yours and yours alone. So, and based on the needs of your practice. True. Yep. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I mean, of course we could talk about this forever, but I think that was a, a good place to start. And this, you know, it's like, it's kind of fun to think about and it's like something people don't really often think about, but, um, and it's a way to like, I think it's, I, I look at it as like the functionality, functional spirituality. Like what is the, what are all of the pieces that you need in place in order to do your practice and do it well? right? And to be an effective practitioner. And this is one piece that a lot of people don't think about. Right. And to look at it from the perspective of how is your calling or your purpose inspiring your healing, mm. inspiring your healing and your health and your well-being on every level. Because I know that before, before all of this, um, I had a lot more pain in my body. I had a lot more physical, consistent pain that I struggled with a lot. And that through my shamanic practices and working mm -hmm. energetically and spiritually, I healed my body. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that that's no joke. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think it also like it translates to a different layer of awareness and, and choices that you're making day to day. Right. And I actually I saw a post from a practitioner who I generally like admire and respect. And then I saw this post and I was like, oh, I actually don't agree with that, where they put up something to the effect of she's like, I stayed up partying till 530 in the morning and then I slept for five hours and then I woke up to teach this class and then I had like Bloody Marys and then I taught this other thing. And and she was posting this for the purpose of saying like it it's a level of trust for me to be able to know that I'm going to hold whatever energy is asking to come through me and channel whatever energy is needed in the moment rather than shaming myself into a certain lifestyle and certain choices is what she said and on one hand like sure on one hand yes like I do you know I do genuinely believe like when we are invoking and, and bringing in channel space and like you know we are going to have the energy show up 
in the way that it is needed. And also I know for myself, like I just don't do well having alcohol in my system. If I'm like planning to, to teach, like it doesn't feel good to me and it doesn't feel like I know that my channel is not as clear. And I know that if I don't sleep well before, you know, before holding a ceremony or holding a big event, like, yeah, I can still do it, but it's, it's not an integrity with, with the commitments that I have for my work. And it doesn't mean that I don't like have cocktails every now and then and like, you know, stay out late sometimes, but I might not do that intentionally knowing that I'm going to get up and teach in the morning. And so I, I think it's, it's a fine line of yes. And like not shaming ourselves into a certain lifestyle, but like having the, the genuine embodied knowledge of what is, when does my body feel the best? Like what, what is my potential to hold the most energy? What feels really good and really powerful to me? And what is my practice asking of me and inviting it inviting me to lean into as my highest healing and as my most most thriving fully expressed version of myself and also like I can still have fun and do interesting things and I might be selective about you know how I do that and when I do that so yeah. I don't know it feels like a I'm yes not, and. yeah I'm not staying up till 5 a.m and teaching the next day very that would not be my that would not be my choice. <laughs> I would not, not like say until 5 a.m. at all anymore. Like that just doesn't sound fun anymore. But it sounds not like a like not like a fun day. I mean, and I could pull it off, right? I could show up and be like, okay, now you know, let me let me show up for this. But I that would not that does not sound enjoyable. That does not sound like I mean, how old is this person? <laughs> I think they're about my age. That's a good question. I actually don't know, but I'm pretty sure I think in their thirties, like okay. early to mid thirties. All right. I don't know. 20 years ago, maybe I would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I take it as a yes. And of like, yes, if you're, you know, you are going to be able, if you're invoking energies and you're going into a session, like you, you can pull it yeah, off. You, you can totally pull it off. I've been really, really, really tired and, and been able to, you know, you just, you get flooded with the energy and it's all good. Totally. But after, and is it sustainable to do that? Right. Like that's why, that's why we're talking about like having, you know, having your electrolyte balance, having your protein, having your, like your muscular frame be in a certain kind of shape is going to make that experience easier and more comfortable and more sustainable for you. Yeah. And cool. you can use those physical activities, like whatever you're into, and it doesn't matter. You could just be hiking and, you know, doing things out in nature, but like, how are you using that in greater awareness of your body and your energy and the movements, the energy coming in, the lung capacity, all of these pieces, uh, bringing greater awareness to what you're already doing, I would say would be the first piece. You know, okay, this is what I already have going on. Don't, don't freak yourself out that you're not doing enough right away. First thing first, acknowledge what you're already doing and enhance what you're already doing with um, more attention, more awareness, more breath, maybe more sound and experiencing it more. And mm, as you do that, then see what feels good. What do I need more of? What do I want more of? What feels fun and exciting to me? And then 
add more of that as you go, because it might be now stopping, putting your hands on a tree, feeling the energy of the tree and the presence of this being that's there. You're connecting with it energetically. You're connecting with it spiritually, and then doing some maybe push-ups off the tree where you're feeling that connection at the same time as you're engaging your physical body and your muscles. Mm -hmm. And so you don't, I'm, I have a struggle. I used to go to the gym when I was young, but like the gym is a hard place to be when you're really sensitive person. It's loud. It's smelly. It's bright. It's uh, oppressive with the amount of crazy stuff coming in, in most gyms. So that might not be your zone to hang out in. So see what you've got and add on. And it might be doing more drumming and singing. That might be where you're going to focus your, your practice. Okay. I am not doing a lot of drumming and singing, but I know I love that. So I'm going to make that my practice for the next couple of weeks and see what happens. Yeah. I know Kat, when you, when you do the staff work, you told me, and you hadn't been doing it for a while. And then you, you picked up your staff again. You said, oh my gosh, I really feel it in my body or like in my back and in my core. Right. So like you can do staff training, you can do like different types of martial arts training. You can like find a heavy rock at your yard and like do, you know, do presses with the rock or do squats and lunges or whatever, like, you know, whatever way works for you or putting on music and dance saying there's so so much room for creativity and open to interpretation mm-hmm. in this suggestion yeah yeah and mm-hmm. move your spine and have fun do you still have the um what was it the immortal warrior course can people buy that still uh no it's not it's not for sale oh okay Sorry, people. <laughs> Kat had this really great course with the staff, but it is no longer available. Um, yeah. Anyway, there's there's a lot of other things you can do with her that are great. Yeah. Cool. Come and do the Qigong course or um, the psychic protection course has some good energy practices in there. If you want a small place to start. Or you can come and train with Michelle and I in a shamanic container. We have a membership that's opening up in May of 2023. And if you want to do shamanic practices, engage in your own personal, spiritual, energetic development, ceremony work, coming and getting to do ceremony live with us, uh, you can find out about the Temple of Sovereign Prayer Uh, Right now it is on our websites. I'm saying that, but it's actually not on my website right this minute, but you can reach out to me or you can find information on Michelle's website, michellehawk.com. And it'll probably be up. It'll probably be up up on your website by the time this episode goes live. By the time this this happens, it'll probably be on there. And we'll also have, we also have templeofsovereignprayer.com, right? There's nothing on there right now. There's nothing on there either. Don't go there right now. (laughs) It might be on there. We don't know. It's a clue. It's a mystery. If you go there and it's there, you're going to be fortunate. And if not, it will be there at some point. Uh, but you can always, we can send you the information. You can find it on our websites. You can reach out to us, shaman sister sessions at gmail.com uh, or through our websites. And we would love to hear in the comments what you're committing to in your practices to get into better shamanic shape. And if any of this is really resonating with you and you're listening and going, oh, they're calling me out. All right, I'm, I'm hearing you. Let us know. And if you know anybody who you think would be benefited from this 
episode or any of our 120 something episodes, please uh, forward this along and you can find us on YouTube and Spotify and Stitcher and all the places that there are the podcasts. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much.